TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. It is indeed two guys and a mic here on a beautiful Thursday, about a week and a day away from uh, the big Christmas day. And Seth, I know for our Jewish brethren out there, we're running to the end of the Hanukkah season, the eight-day celebration that is Hanukkah. Seth Groot sitting in his guy number two today. Seth, it's been a while. Great to have you back in the director's seat, my friend. It's great to be here. The director's seat has gotten a little lower, though, Coach. I don't know. Something's a little little screwed up about it. It seems like every time I come in, the seat gets lower or higher. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's sort of screwed up and not really attuned to my height. But so we, we, need, we can we work a little, with it. Little, little seat elevation for yeah. our guest host number seven over here. Seth yeah, maybe, maybe a phone book or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Go, go a little old school. I haven't done that since I was four or five yeah. years old. So. That's all right. It's good for you a little bit. Bring you back to your grade school days. Great to have you. Not a huge sports day yesterday. We're kind of in a Midweek catharsis, if you will. We got a big football Friday coming up tomorrow. NFL football, uh, big weekend coming up down to our final, what is it now? Final three games? Yeah, week 15. Week 15. So final two games. We actually, we, there's a game today. Okay. Well, th- there's 17 weeks, coach. 17 weeks, yeah. 16 games. 17 weeks, 16 uh, games. Not so you... 16 games, 17. No, not 17 games, 16 weeks. But for those keeping score at home, it is in fact 17 <laughs> weeks, 16 games. So you're you're screwing with my mind now. Well, that's what we do here for 56 minutes each and every uh, day here on the TalkZone.com. Yeah, yeah. Week 15 actually starts this week. Okay. Jack, the Colts play the Jaguars. Oh, we got a game tonight. We do. We See, do. Good sports talk hosts would be aware of them. And producer, me and David Olson discussing in our pre-preparation before the show at about 9:58. <laughs> and we went over all the possible topics for today's show. Thursday night NFL football did not make it. I'm going to blame David because that's what he's paid to do, to be blamed. Yeah. Well, Who's playing? It's the Colts and the Jaguars, so it's a pretty big game. Good ball game. Yeah, we know the Colts have said that they're going to play all their healthy guys, so mm-hmm. assuming they're going to go for win number 14, go for that 14-0. and 0. But you got a Jacksonville team that's in the playoff picture right now okay. and, and fighting to stay in it. They have that tiebreaker over a bunch of those 7-6 and six teams in the AFC. And, and that's a team that, that could give the Colts a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Playing on a short week, Maurice Jones-Drew, an excellent running back, team that can control the clock, and we all know that's that's really how you beat Peyton Manning, you keep the ball out of his hand. So that should be a more interesting game than I think most people mm-hmm. expect it to be. I will check that out Thursday night. Football can't remember, Seth, an NFL season. And I haven't checked the record books, but I certainly can't remember when we've had two. Two undefeated teams this deep into the National Football yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's ever happened. Okay. I don't think it's ever happened. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think it shows some of the imbalance in, in, in the NFL right now. To be honest, I think league officials are actually upset about it because they scream parody, parody, parody any given Sunday as the movie so eloquently uh, you know, quotes that line. So mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely something that's interesting. What I, I'd love to see is I'd love to see both these teams go 16-0, and both of them make the playoffs, which also has never happened. I don't know if you know that the number one seeded team in each conference mm-hmm. have never met in a Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. 
in in, the, in, in Super Bowl history, two number one seeded teams. Is that right? So when they, they set the, the to, playoff structure up, the top two teams right. have yet to meet in the Super right. Bowl. In other words, that 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 team with the best record in yeah. each conference have yet to, to to meet in the Super Bowl, which is interesting. But I'd love to see uh, two sixteen and zero teams, or I guess at that point they'd be eighteen and zero, be in the playoffs. It'd be a monumental Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It might be the Super Bowl of the the you know the century or the whatever <laughs> be a great great yeah. ball game uh you probably have lost some friends in the minnesota area and the green bay area possibly the san diego area yeah. not real popular with that thought but yeah two undefeated teams oh i know another group that wouldn't be popular the miami dolphins yeah well, 19, that, 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 what 73 72 that's 72. what i was getting at i'd love to see them just yes. you know suck about it because they have all these stupid parties and mercury mm-hmm. morris talks about how good they were but uh, I don't even think they were the best team in history, but that's for another day, Coach. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Seth Gruen uh, sitting in. Great to have you. We'll talk some NFL football. Of course, tomorrow we'll do uh, Beat the Schmoes, our football prediction show. Seth, I've had five consecutive losing weeks. I'm due for a good one here. It's been a dismal run for me early here on the TalkZone.com on my football predictions. But I'm looking for a big bounce back week this week. No college football. Oh, no, I take that back. There'll be a couple of bowl games. Yeah, absolutely. We I forgot start, about that. You the, start the bowl. Uh, what is it? The St. Petersburg Bowl and the New Mexico Bowl. Wow. Yeah. Those... If anybody wants to talk St. Petersburg Bowl, we're right here <laughs> for you. 888-463-6748. Better yet, you can call up on the show after us and talk St. Petersburg Bowl. Yeah. It's not a sports show, but uh, go ahead. Feel free. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We make fun, and, and I know both of us are, are playoff proponents, but you, you got to love the bowl season. I mean, all this college football jam-packed into – what is it? A week and a half, two weeks. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's great. I mean, you got a college football game every day, so college football fans can appreciate that part of the bowl. You know that 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 aspect of the bowls. I'm having a Sun Bowl party. If you want to join me, it's, I started the tradition. Every year I pick a different bowl. Yeah. This year I'm having a Sun Bowl party over at my house. I haven't sent the invites over yet, Seth. But if you'd like to join me for the uh, this year's Sun Bowl party, you'll be uh, eighth on my list of invitees. Oh, thank you, eighth. That's 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 a lottery pick, Coach. Absolutely. The Sun Bowl, by the way, at El Paso, Texas, Stanford taking on the much maligned and injured Oklahoma team. I'm sure it'll be a thrill. Appetizers will be served at 7 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. 888 <laughs> That's our phone number, folks. You want to join us, talk anything in the world of sports, NBA basketball at the tip of your tongue right now, and dial it up. We'll talk some hoops, college hoops, some interesting games last night, including maybe the shot of the day, the shot of the season so far locally. And when I say locally, our show being broadcast out of the beautiful Chicago area, somewhat locally, Loyola University in Chicago played Bradley University, downstate Peoria. I didn't see the game, but Loyola wins it on a half-court shot at the buzzer. Did you see ESPN's top ten plays of the week, or, uh, the day today? I, I didn't, but I'm aware of the shot you're talking about, and that beats a Bradley team that beat my Illini team. So uh-huh. I don't know how, how how bad that makes so, us So look. you saw the shot, or you just read about it? I read about it. Okay. I read about it. But, you, you know, you... you you talk about Loyola basketball, and this is a team, I think, it, we look in Chicago here, and last night, by the way, I covered the DePaul American game. You covered it? Yeah, I, I, I for the uh, Times of Northwest Indiana, ah, I cover a little college it. basketball, was sent to the tournament last okay. year in Indianapolis, Midwest Regional and whatnot, mm-hmm. but uh, I was at the DePaul American game, and I'm sit- sitting there thinking, you know, this is an all-state arena that they used to pack, 18,000 strong, yep. and, and I'm thinking, you got two programs in this town, Loyola 
and DePaul that were really relevant nationally in the 70s and, and, and DePaul into the 80s and 90s and have really fallen off. I cannot think of a city who's, whose college basketball has fallen off more, but look at a, DePaul, at a Loyola team that could be on the up and up. They beat Georgia last year. Uh, you know, a Bradley team that, that beat a ranked Illini team. And um, obviously Loyola is playing in a, in a Horizon League that's up and coming. So maybe at some point we could see that team in the tournament. Chicago area college basketball. Many of the fans of this area talked about, and I think it would be so cool to get like a Illinois tournament. Mm-hmm. Get an eight-team tournament, you know, Illinois State, Northern Illinois, Illinois, Northwestern, DePaul, UIC, Loyola, Bradley. I mean, how cool would that be? And I'm sure folks listening in other states could kind of pull off the same thing. It would be cool. You know, once a year, maybe they could even, you know, forget the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Although I enjoy that, too. And pick a week where each state has its own little mini tournament. I think that's actually a pretty cool idea. It's something I, I just I, thought of. I, I definitely think it would be pretty cool. I mean, people would love to see that in North Carolina. But yeah. the problem is you look at some of the other states and and they talk money. Would it have national appeal? What kind of television ratings will we get? And, and you also have to think about the fact that, Really, the, the the postseason tournament, which we love so much, the 65-team dance, really caters to these teams scheduling tough out-of-conference games. And, and for a team like in Illinois, that's that's pretty consistently, you know, a consistently a tournament team. It'd be tough to ask them to schedule a DePaul or a Loyola, which would um, be to the detriment of their their RPI. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a great idea. I think it would it would bring a lot of people to the games for sure. But, um, you know, there are some other factors to think about in, in, in compelling a team to do that. College basketball on a midweek winter Wednesday. Very few things better in all of sport than a buzzer beater, especially when it is of the half-court variety. And I have not seen it yet. But uh, and we'll get the guy's name here. What was it? Stewart? I'm sorry, Courtney Stanley. Courtney Stanley hits a half-court shot to win a game. How sweet is that? And I, I remember, Seth, a uh, couple of coaches that you work with at a clinic. Mm-hmm. And I remember they had the kids line up on either side of the half court and shoot half court baskets. And you'd be surprised if you take your time and measure the shot. It's not a prayer. It, it was amazing well, yeah. how many guys made the shot. And the coaches brought the kids in afterwards and they said, hey, the point of doing that is when there is five seconds left in the game, you know, usually it's four, three, two, ah, you heave it up, hits off the backboard, everybody goes, whoo, and you go in at halftime. No. That half-court shot, if you take your time, if you get your feet underneath you, is a legitimate shot. It's not just a prayer shot. That was a good point by the coach. Courtney Stanley uh, took heed yesterday. Absolutely. I was going to say, when you're strong enough, and you're a coach, you you know a lot about this, when you're strong enough to actually shoot the ball over your head Mm -hmm. and and control a little more from that distance, you're right. It's it's not such a, a prayer. And as a matter of fact, it, it makes me think, because I, I, I always think this is kind of coincidental, you actually saw a half-court shot that, that had a, a big meaning last year. Yes. And that Waukegan-Warren uh, game. I have I, been told over 100,000 hits on YouTube. It is, in fact, my 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the call, you were going crazy, because I've heard you on TV before. Mm-hmm. That, 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 was that the, the, the highlight of your, your television broadcasting uh, career, would you say? No. No. I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, but what the game you're talking about, and interestingly, you mentioned it because the young man who hit the shot, Jeremy Richmond, uh-huh. who's going to the University of Illinois, will be on TV tonight. And it's an That's issue right. we could bring up here on the show as ESPN shows less college basketball tonight. You've got two high school basketball games being nationally televised. He's going to be on TV tonight playing Harrison Barnes, mm-hmm. a superstar from Iowa Number in his aims. 
Iowa team. So there you go, high school basketball on a Wednesday, on a Thursday night national TV. But uh, that's the guy who it was a super sectional game. I think the winner goes downstate. Super sectional or sectional? Yeah, you might be right. Sectional championship. Mm-hmm. Huge game. W- Big crowd. And Brandon Paul, who's now at University of Illinois and one of the top freshmen of the country. Right. He's at the free throw line on the opposite end with four seconds left. Brandon Paul's team is down, I think, two. Three free throws. He got fouled on a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Hits the first, hits the second, hits the third. All three. You think the game's over. Waukegan inbounds the ball. Jeremy Richman, who takes cool and calm to a new level. Mm-hmm. Some would say lazy. Others would say cool and calm. <laughs> you paint the picture. But he, instead of rushing the ball up the court with four seconds left, you know how players are trained to do that? Mm-hmm. He basically kind of walks it up like he's done before practice. Three, two, right at half court. He, I don't want to say casually, but in a very relaxing manner, puts up the half court shot, full gym, sectional championship. At Waukegan. At Waukegan. Swish. Crowd goes wild. He almost got killed in the uh, I, I saw too. the replays, because, and I saw it on YouTube. I was one of those 100,000 hits. 100,001. I, mean, I, I ask about, you know, as somebody who is partially in this this business for those kind of moments and I, and I mentioned was that the greatest moment of your broadcasting career i mean you'll never see something like that again i mean when you consider the implications of that shot and, mm-hmm. and the irony you have a a senior brandon paul who is at the tail end of his high school career ended by jeremy richmond mm-hmm. who will later be his teammate in college i think yep. that's kind of cool yep. yeah if you want to uh, youtube it i think you just uh, hit Jeremy Richmond shot? Yeah. Or that, Jerome Richmond shot? Yeah, but and, and Jeremy is spelled J-E-R-E-M-E. Mm-hmm. Huh? So. But uh, big game last night, and uh, Courtney Stanley, you could probably YouTube him. I will be right after the show. Half-court shot, Loyola beats Bradley. you got to stuff, love stuff like that. That's what we love so much about college basketball. NFL football's out there, the bowl picture coming up. Uh, and real quick, before we hit our first break, Seth, uh, on a very, very sad news. Apparently, uh, Chris Henry, the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, we had read in the paper this morning, he had been seriously injured, injured, but the word we got about an hour ago was much worse. Yeah, he, he, he unfortunately passed away. Um, I think he, he actually, the story is he fell out of the back of a pickup truck or something like that. I, it's, it's sort of unclear, but the mm-hmm. point being is you really hate to see People die at this age, and and I know it happens to to regular people. Mm-hmm. I really do, but it's it's more publicized with athletes, mm-hmm. and, and and athletes serve to I guess bring these things to light. And Chris Henry is is a much maligned guy, as we've talked about. He he's gone through his fair share of struggles, um, and I'm not a Chris Henry apologist. I'm not going to sit here and say well, the things he didn't do was wrong. There was a lot of illegal activity mm-hmm. going on there, but it's a guy who seemed to be turning things around. He was cut from the Bengals. They re-signed him when they needed some help at receiver. And a guy who seemed like he was starting to get it. You know what I'm saying, Coach? I think um, you know th- th- there are so many athletes who who get second chances and just don't get it. I mean, the list, Pac-Man, Jones. You, you look at a Barry Bonds, Mike Tyson, just across the board. So to see a guy turn himself around really is an example, I think, to society. Mm-hmm. So Domestic... Dispute. That's the uh, right. story that we're hearing. Yeah. Apparently, the wife is driving the pickup truck and trying to get out of the house. Again, we don't know any of the details. And apparently, Chris Henry tries to jump into or onto the 
vehicle. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, somehow seriously injured and eventually killed in that particular accident. I don't know if the car ran over him, if he hit his head on the fall, but that's the story we're getting. Very, very sad wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. On the positive side, Seth, that did not happen at 2.30 a.m. outside the Tiger Woods compound. Oh, yeah. Which is the first incident, that, at yeah. least as far as we know. Maybe yeah. it did. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. And I, I can't think of a PC comment there. So, Yes, David Olson, our uh, fine producer today, by the way. David, my bodyguard Olson. Speaking of Tiger Woods, yes, uh, ABC.com is reporting that his wife is filing for divorce. No! Oh, wow. Say it ain't so. Yeah, did, Stop the presses. That That's yeah. shocking. Uh, I don't know. Who's reporting then? Uh, ABC.com. Ah, they're overrated. They're overrated. You can never believe ABC.com. That's one of those reality.com things, I think. And they use the ABC just to throw off people like they're the Actually, real. ABC News is... Oh, ABC News. Yes. Oh. At least now he can he, he, he can he, he can continue these relationships without looking over his shoulder. Yeah, well, we're going to analyze that on the bright side, Seth, for all the youngsters like you that are uh, of age. Very eligible. It is very possible that uh, after a recuperation period, a young Elon Nordhagen may yet be available to a future writer, radio guy like yourself. Yeah, possibly. We're, 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 and she won't be marrying you for your money because she'll have plenty of that. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have yeah, to worry I'll about be that. Maybe her for her money. <laughs> yeah. By the way, have you uh, ever, ever been involved in a domestic dispute yourself? I can't, I can't say I have. I can't say I have. Well, you could. I have the same golf clubs as Tiger Woods. We're trying to get actually, ratings here on this I, show. I, I have the Nike Ignites, but I can't say anybody's ever tried to break my car window with one of them. <laughs> Well, there's always a first time. You're still yeah. a young man. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. My my horoscope says that uh, you have a domestic dispute in your very near future. Well, then, will you get a lawyer to represent me? Uh, absolutely. As soon as he represents me first. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're off and running sports and more. That's what we do here on thetalkzone.com. Seth Gruen in a chair that is much too low. During the break, I'm going to see if I can elevate your chair. Well, I hope so. We'll, we'll maybe elevate the level of conversation. Let's not get carried away. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone all right we're back at the talkzone.com by the way we've thrown out the phone number 888-463-6748 we should also mention emails are happily acceptable we'll read some of your emails over the air if you uh so care to choose to do so our email address is mike two guys that's m-i-c and the number two mike Two guys at AOL.com. Any thoughts, any uh, suggestions for the show, any criticisms? If you want to hear more, Seth Gruen, 
You could just email in and uh, keep it simple. Just put more Seth. <laughs> if you want to hear some more Seth Gruen, maybe back tomorrow. You know, you can build up your followership. Uh, you could do that at Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. Also, Seth, right after this show, we're going to be doing a show of a different nature, which we do each and every Thursday. Yeah, the Youth Sports Fan Forum. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to get going on that. Got a lot of I got a lot of stuff on my mind that I want mm-hmm. to talk about in that show. So one hour stick show around. every. Thursday, we deal strictly with youth sports, and we don't do it too sterile. It's not like, you know, an educational show where we bring in an expert. We, we talk the weird and wild world of youth sports, if it is sometimes weird. And, you know, you're from the thing for the crazed parents to the wacko coaches to funny things that happen. So we try to give youth sports its, it's due one hour once a week, but try not to sterilize it too much. We try to make the show, try anyways, to make it fun and entertaining. Stick around today at 11 o'clock. We'll do the Youth Sports Fan Forum. And Seth can talk about his storied career through, uh, when did your athletic career end? Sixth grade? No, I, I was an athlete in high school, Coach. All-conference track, man. Really? Yeah. Track? Yeah. Shot put, a little discus, no, the javelin, hurdles, javelin hurdles, catch? Actually. Hurdles. Yeah, pe- people have the wow. same reaction you do. You should have seen your facial expression. Yeah, because I'm... I'm all of five ten, but very flexible. Mm-hmm. Don't get, don't run with that, coach. Mm-hmm. It's outstanding. I heard the only hurdles I hit in high school were uh, in front of the academic variety. <laughs> yeah, and believe me, it was not the low hurdles; it was the high hurdles in that case. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Like some psychology? So, no, Jim, you did okay. See, but... psychology that that was one of my favorite subjects. I enjoyed psychology, what sociology. You, what did you struggle in then? It was the more uh, basically math, science, social studies, and English. So, basically four out of five areas. Yeah, it was the offshoot things. Art did pretty well. Drama, fairly good. Physical education, of course, I excelled in driver's ed. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Study hall, I thought I was one of the better study hall people. Mm-hmm. See, my favorite Lunchtime, sub- recess, all the adjunct say. areas. It was those core classes that, uh, those were my high hurdles. I was going to say, all, my favorite, my favorite subject was recess. Yeah. Lunch. Yeah. And the kids today, so we can talk about this on Youth Sports Fan for they don't get recess. Really? Yeah, recess. The only recess they get maybe is right after lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the We recess. actually had, we, we, you know, and I'm an old guy here. Uh-huh. I'm going back to the little brick, uh, you know, the little red schoolhouse here, but we actually had a period that was called recess. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You see, you see, it's, it's, yeah. I highly recommend recess. Uh, I remember subject I, I struggled in was cooking. I remember we made some brownies or whatever, and mm-hmm. the teacher deducted points because they didn't have a nice sheen. What? I go, Mrs. Metzger, come on. I mean, what's the difference, what they look like? These taste great. Absolutely. See, that's that. That's the same teacher, I guarantee you. I don't know who Mrs. Metzger is, but I guarantee you, she's the same teacher. You'd turn a nice report and well-written, well-thought-out with good thoughts, and she'd grade off because maybe one word is misspelled or you got a semicolon where a colon should be. Yeah, I mean, like, those, those on, are you, you, you're talking to a writer, but it tastes the same. That's like saying, you know, you look at a football team, a, a team that likes to pound the ball, play good defense, wins your, like, 17 to 10 games, mm-hmm. or, or the teams that, you know, are, are the high-flying, high-octane offenses. They look good doing it. What's the matter? A win's a win. Tastes good. Brownies are brownies. They're chocolatey. They mm-hmm. don't taste like dirt, mud, or anything like that. So come on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what it looks like, as long as you get the job done. Right, and- exactly. And and she's like, you know, I'm 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 like I'm using a wood spoon to mix mine up. She's like, no, you have to use a wire whisk. I'm Stop like, Stop it. Stop it. Mrs. Metzger, if you're out there listening, she might be tuning in. One of your proteges, a kid you thought was long lost and had no hope. 
Seth Gruen, he's now on the air. He's working his way up. He's got an elevated chair. He's going to be a big shooter in the business. He was your student. Mrs. Metzger, if you're out there, email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. You think Mrs. Metzger is still with us? I, I think it's safe to say she's not going to email. She passed oh, away. Serious? I'm, t- I'm really Ooh. serious, yeah. yeah but that's, that's, that's the second that's, person that's, that's passed away now. Yeah, Chris yeah. Henry, Mrs. Yeah. Metzger, and can I throw a third one out there? She, she was a very, I can tell you, she was a very old lady when she taught. Okay. So, you know, definitely a dedicated teacher. I don't want yep. to take anything away from her there, mm-hmm. but... It's Teaching can be a very strenuous position. Shirt. I have the utmost respect for teachers. Used to be one myself. Uh, by the way, real quick, as long as we're on obituaries, David Olson, <laughs> our producer, maybe we could make this a regular segment once a week, uh, once a day, our obituary of the day. But uh, sadly, at the age of 91, he lived a long storied life. Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts passed away, I believe, two days ago, again, at the um, rather lively age of 91. Yeah, I mean, that's a long life. Mm-hmm. And as our, our research department, uh, department did confirm, it's a tremendous the, research department. That's the same Oral Roberts who, who the the college is named after. A, a team that that makes the tournament once every three years and is mm-hmm. that uh, that beloved 16 seed. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe Oral Roberts will be the first 16 seed mm-hmm. to be the one seed in the NCAA. Well, tournament. if ever there was a year to do it, this would be the year after Oral Roberts himself passed away. Right. He was uh, Seth. You're a little bit young to remember. He was one of the first. Before they became popular and almost passe, preachers who were on TV, the quote-unquote tele-evangelists, yeah, mm-hmm. he was one of the first, maybe the first, to get it done. And, of course, had a college named after himself. Very, very successful gentleman passing away at the age of 91. Is, is Oral a biblical name? Because, you know, you have Oral Roberts, Oral Hershiser. Mm-hmm. I'm t- I'm going to say yes. I, I, I don't know, it, it but I'm going to say yes. It, it's, it's sort of, I, and, and I'm not... I, I'm not trying to berate the man who has passed away, but it isn't sort of an awkward name, and I've always yes. sort of wondered that, you know, yes. Oral Roberts and Oral Hershiser, just because it's 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 a word. And we named know. our son, our second son, David, but Oral was one of the five names <laughs> yeah. we were considering. Oh, really? That's it. Good. Was uh, Oral Jesus? Cone. <laughs> it was Jesus, Lamon, uh, Jamal. Uh-huh. Oral or David. It was a tough call. We ended out with David, but I was rooting for Lamon. That's an eclectic list, there, Coach. Yeah, absolutely. We get off topic so often here, Seth. I've mentioned this before. We need our listeners. We need the callers to get us back on track. Right, absolutely. Other shows, it's up to the host to keep things on track. The two of us, you know, ADD and appropriate. We get sidetracked very easily. We need sometimes the callers to get us back on to a topic. If you don't, we're going to go sidestream early and often. Yeah, I mean, we we need to be babysat, coach. We're like we're like two kids in a yep. in a candy store. We yep. go from the jelly beans to the peachy penguins. Yeah, so well, uh, I was eight. hoping Mrs. Metzger could provide that, but apparently, <laughs> yeah, she had passed away. Yeah, Mrs. Is, Metzger. Well, her, I, I think I, I'm, I'm sure dedicating she, this show to her. I'm sure uh, I'm sure she took her wire whisk with her. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! All right, can we get back on the sporting world very quickly? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, interestingly enough, the Associated Press has named their athlete of the decade. I don't know who the athlete of the year is, but athlete of the decade, third place, and he could have been first. Roger Federer, the amazing tennis player. If he was number one, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have a problem with that. See, see I would, and we can get into that, but keep going with the list. You know, the second and the first guy. Uh, number, like, two was, number two was Lance Armstrong, and number one, of course, the uh, now semi-maligned Tiger Woods. But clearly, I would think Tiger a deserving athlete of the decade. Yeah, absolutely, and especially when you take a look at that list. And Lance Armstrong, who's had... You, you, doping allegations, 
obviously, and, and yeah, we can say Alec. Gonna... What? What'd you say? But, but I, uh, I don't think that's appropriate even to bring up in the discussion right now. It hasn't been proven. Right, it's a phenomenal I, I, athlete. But that's that's all, all I'm saying is there is talk, and, and I'm not taking anything away from Lance Armstrong that his performance may have been enhanced. So six, six Tour de France championships in three years with Cheryl Crow. He's a legit athlete of the decade <laughs> candidate. Well. But you juxtapose that against Tiger Woods, and people are saying, oh, how could this guy deserve it now? Well, what he did off the golf course, you can't. it, it takes nothing away from, from what he did on it. Completely he, agree. Right. He was the, and you you heard me. It went, the last time I was on the show was, I think, a day after the voicemail came out uh, with one of his mistresses or whatever. Huge. And, and, and Huge. you heard me say that this guy is a fraud, and he certainly is a fraud in my opinion. But that doesn't make him any less of a golfer. And he was the most dominant athlete in his sport this decade. You can't take anything away from him. Now, the problem I have with Roger Federer, and I know he's set records in terms of, of, of Grand Slams and whatnot, but in an individual sport, I find it hard to call someone the greatest ever, somebody who has a losing record against one of his contemporaries. He actually has a losing record against Rafael Nadal. So, I mean, if Tiger Woods had a losing record against Phil Mickelson, wouldn't we be maybe debating his, point. to his greatness? It's a good point. So, so that's good my point. You, you don't want to shoot Federer. him down too much, but if you're talking the number one of the athlete of the decade, you're looking for a little chink in the armor, and, right. and that's a good point. Right, and, and, and just to, to clarify my, my comments about Lance Armstrong before any callers jumped down my throat, is that I was just merely making the point that if you want to take Tiger Woods... Uh, a personal life, his affairs, his mistresses, and whatnot, and, and, and use that as possibly reasoning for not making him the greatest athlete of of, of this decade. Well, you've got to take a look at, at allegations against Lance Armstrong that, that he possibly doctored his performance. I mean, could you ever consider a baseball player as the athlete of the decade right now in the steroid era? Could you ever consider... What you know now, could you ever consider well, a baseball player? Yes, because if he, you know, if there's very little suspicion on the guy, say like an Albert Pujols, if he was that dominant and you really didn't think he did, so yeah, I, I could. Uh, that's fair enough. That's fair mm-hmm. enough. For me, I don't know if I could, because even 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 a sliver of a, I mean, we even you look at A Rod, people didn't think A Rod did it. I mean, A Rod was on that Pujols level, yet it came out he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been so many surprises when it comes to the steroid era. That it's so hard for me to say that somebody's great when I really don't know what their true God-given ability is. So, and, and I completely understand your side. I'm not. That's that's one of the things that, that I I might be more on the fence with. But it'd be really hard for me if I had a vote to vote for a baseball player. Mm-hmm. All right, AP athlete of the decade, Tiger Woods. You bring up a good point about Roger Federer. Are we missing anybody? Not we. As the uh, AP. Missing anybody that maybe should be considered in that top three. I haven't seen the rest of the standings. Michael Phelps, the Olympian, kind of sticks out of my head. But you can't go too wrong with three amazing, unbelievable, dominant athletes. Tiger, Lance Armstrong, Roger Federer. Seth, I'm not a big tennis guy. I'm really not. But the times that I've watched Roger Federer, he's amazing. Oh, he's very, I mean, he's, he's just an Unbelievable. Nope. And I watched, uh, you know, when I was young, tennis was much more popular. So I watched Laver and Connors and Bjorn Borg, Ilya Nastase, some of the best. He's the best I've ever seen in tennis. Uh, yeah, there's, look, there's no question this guy's a, a, 
in the top three, top five greatest tennis players ever. But I think what needs to be given serious thought is is to the fact that he does have that losing record against Nadal. Did mm-hmm. did did Connors have a losing record against any of his contemporaries? I mean, you even look at at, at a Pete Sampras. Did he have a winning record against Andre Agassi? I think so, mm-hmm. because Agassi sort of had that period of time where he was awful. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think in an individual sport, head-to-head um, matchups proved to be, you know, very germane. Mm-hmm. I mean, even let's look at basketball. Would we, would we even consider Michael Jordan the greatest, the greatest ever if he had a losing record against Magic Johnson? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. So it's just food for thought. Now, and he did come back and finally get Nadell, right? On the was it his losses Nadal? to Federer lost to Nadell, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but it wasn't it on the on the clay where he couldn't beat Rafael Nadell. So I think no, was, I, I, th- I think it's it's Federer excels against Nadal on the grass, but I know on on right, clay on, he may never have beaten him. I think he finally got over the hump. Any of our tennis fans out there, you want to help a couple of confused sports talk hosts, uh, help us out here, 888-463-6748. I thought it was Nadal dominating Federer on the clay, and that was what, the French Open? The French Open is played on clay. Okay. So. At beautiful Roland Garros Stadium, or as we say here in Chicago, Roland Burris Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought Federer finally got over the hump and beat Nadal in one of those uh, tournaments on the clack. Could be wrong on that. Email Mike, two guys at AOL.com, athlete of the decade. We start a new decade, and I ask you, Seth, as we get near break number two on the talkzone.com, who? Who was out there? Who was the leading candidate to be the athlete of the next decade? Is there a 13-year-old? A 15-year-old? <laughs> Is there a gymnast? A figure skater out there? Maybe a Shawnee Davis? Anybody we can point to who could be the athlete of the next decade? You know, I, I think when you look at the individual sports, we really don't know yet. But um, Boy, if you looked at basketball, who's would, young enough? I, I, you know, LeBron James, can he keep it going for another 10 years? He could. But, you know, he doesn't want – I don't think he – well, we'll see what kind of championships he's win. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the individual athlete, it's a lot easier for them to do that. Yes. Because they can win the. I mean, if you're the best, mm-hmm. you don't really have, if you look at it, cup, cup half empty, a team potentially dragging you down. Mm-hmm. LeBron James plays with four other guys, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say Brandon Jennings, the point guard from Milwaukee, okay. the guy, that's, the, that's, the rookie who has scored 55 points. To be the athlete of the decade. So he would become like a dominant, dominant basketball right. well, player. You are out on a limb and you're hanging by a thread. Well, Coach, the NBA is, is going in a direction. It never has before. Which it's, is? It's, be, it's becoming the league of the point guard. If you remember in the, in the quote-unquote golden era, the Bird, uh, uh, the Jordan, you really had one great point guard in mm-hmm. Magic Johnson, and even he was like a 6'8 type, really a, a point forward mm-hmm. type. The point guard was really a facilitator uh, in every sense of the word. Now the point guard is really uh, uh, somebody who's who's contributing in all facets. And when you look at the... The, the plethora of great point guards in the league, Darren Williams, Chris Paul, Tony Parker, uh, Rajon Rondo, Derek Rose, you now have a Brandon Jennings, um, still Steve Nash. Uh, there are so many great point guards in the league that I think that there's, there's going to become an overemphasis on that position. Uh, point guards are going to start to get a lot more national attention, and if they could put 
a solid team around Brandon Jennings. I think he's the type of player that can, yeah. that can win several championships. He is electric. He is exciting. Much better than I ever thought he'd be at the NBA level. Athlete Absolutely. of the decade, that's a reach. It's out on a limb, but that's what we're looking for here. Our daily quandary for the day, if you want to make a prediction, who's out there who could be? Who could be? Possibly. If their upside is realized, the athlete of the next decade. Maybe you know a 13, 14-year-old, 15-year-old star in another sport. Maybe it's a youngster now in hockey, in basketball, in baseball, in football. I don't know. Chris Johnson, the Tennessee Titan running back. How young is he? He is um, 23, I think. So, you know, possible. It's similar. He's kind of like the Brandon Jennings right now right. of the NFL. A reach. So, it's a reach, but, you know, guys like that that are right. real young that have the potential maybe to become that kind of dominant athlete. So, 888-463-6748 if you want to contribute to our daily quandary. Well, here's, I got a quandary for you, Coach, in that uh, are you allowed to a take... A reverse quandary. Well, yeah, are you allowed to take a player's college career and and and, and sort of parlay that into this, this question? You look at a guy like Tim Tebow. If somebody has a Tim Tebow-esque type college career next decade... Carry something like that over into the pros with yes. several championships. Mm-hmm. Does he become I, a candidate there? I don't know how the Associated Press, uh, I'd have to look at their criteria well, and their 423-page rule book for that, but I would imagine it's a combination, I think, yeah. of your if you played four years in college, five years in the pros, I would think they look at that right. nine-year body of work. Uh, but then again, everybody cares more about your opinion than the Associated Press. Don't so. kid yourself. You think so? I think so, Coach. It's close. I would give Those the Associated too- Press... I gotta be honest, right now the AP a little bit over my opinion, but I'm gaining it. Fans of two guys in a mic might be eating an early lunch, uh-huh. maybe a brunch, breakfast. They wanna know uh-huh. what does the coach think? Don't kid yourself. Two guys in a mic is a shooting star, folks, and we get news reports from, you know, agencies like what, ABC.com? Overrated. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Overrated. You get your news, folks. You get your info from two guys in a mic here on the talkzone.com. You listen to us, you throw in a little Chris Matthews on Animus NBC, and you're all good. Yep. I guess so. <laughs> Maybe not. We'll take a quick break here on thetalkzone.com. Back for our final segment. Join us at 888-463-6748. Back in a minute. To two guys and a mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone. All right, I'm looking at my computer screen. Seth Gruden, our bevy and staff of producers here that are helping us, and of course, our female interns who we're still hoping to keep one of our female interns around more than a week. 
Yeah. I, 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 so who's scaring him off, Coach? Because I'm not here every day. Well, it's, it's a, whoever's sitting in chair number two, I take no responsibility for it. But our lead producer, David Olson, has put up on the board uh, who is fourth, fifth, and sixth in the Associated Press Athlete of the Decade. I don't think you can argue with any one of these three. Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer. Tom Brady, number five, and Usain Bolt. We forgot about him, number six. Interestingly, Usain Bolt was mentioned in yesterday's show because he was one of the seven. Check this out. One of the seven finalists for Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Wow. The Jamaican well, Flash. Yeah, I guess I guess when you have impact on society like that. I, I think what that list tells us, coaches, is really the direction the AP takes that. And it's really who who is most dominant in their sport. Because when you look at a Michael Phelps, he swims, what, once every four years. It's hard to develop well, that's not a that's true. I mean, uh, on the main Those stage, the best in the swim, world. But there's swimming, there's world championships every year. Right, but... Some of those swimming meets that he participates in, do those match all the great swimmers? And don't they don't they swim in different events? I, I don't know enough about well, how it Tom works. Tom Brady uh, doesn't play a Super Bowl team every week either. Let's not get lost up on that. Michael Phelps, clearly a dominant uh-huh. swimmer, and, and, and I would think deserving of at least a number four spot, maybe higher. Oh, yeah, you look the guy dominated the Olympics like no one we've ever seen. Yeah, so. you're talking about a guy who won more gold medals and uh, beat Mark Spitz's record, right? Right, yeah. And Usain Bolt, uh, you know, I, I guess if you talk the purest of any athletic endeavor, the 100-meter run, mm-hmm. right? Well, track and field really breaks down athletics yeah. into its its most finite points. Yeah. When you look at basketball, it's about the 100-meter dash, mm-hmm. the high jump, it maybe even the broad jump, mm-hmm. and... And even pole vault, upper body strength. A little so, bit of shot put and discus strength. Right. Yeah. No, and, and in all candor and all seriousness, track and field really break. I mean, even you look at football, it, track and field breaks down athletics to its, its purest and finest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we argue about who's more dominant in, in basketball today or the NFL. But you look at track and field, it's who throws further, who mm-hmm. jumps higher, who runs faster. And there's no argument about it. So uh, Usain Bolt definitely deserves to be on that list, yeah. Our producer, Dave Olson, by the way, had a brief career in track as a catcher for the javelin team. <laughs> the yeah. javelin throwing team. Yeah. yeah. Then he went, and during the wintertime, indoor sport, he was goalie for the darts team. <laughs> which is not a particularly fun... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Tom Brady also making it. I don't know, that's pretty high up for... Uh, Big Tom Brady, is it just his athletic achievements? I mean, Super Bowl rings, but does he compare in dominance with guys like Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, Roger Federer? I would argue possibly not. Tom Brady, you talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's won Super Bowls. It's so, I find it so hard and, and such a challenging conversation to compare people in yeah. different sports, especially when you're looking at the individual sports versus the team sports. I find it much easier to compare like a Tom Brady to a Michael Jordan because mm-hmm. it, it, there are varying degrees of difficulty to winning to a 100-meter dash if you're the fastest person and winning a Super Bowl if you're the quarterback on a 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tom Brady, sure. I mean, in modern day, in the modern-day NFL, they, they were a dynasty. They won, three, they won three Super Bowls this decade. Yeah, but the operative word there is they. Mm-hmm. Does Tom Brady deserve to be mentioned fifth? Fifth on the all time uh, on the all decade team. Well, maybe not before last year, but last year we realized that 
without him, that team is a lot worse. Well, yes and no. Because they brought in a, they had a backup quarterback who had not even been a starter in college. Now, he was obviously a very Mm -hmm. talented kid, but he hadn't played any NFL snaps, Mm -hmm. didn't even get first team snaps in college, and he came in, Seth. They didn't win the Super Bowl last year, but last time I checked, Matt Cassell in the New England Patriot offense last year, pretty good. No, they were good, but they didn't make the playoffs. I understand that, but still, pretty. Matt Cassell got himself a nice multi-million dollar contract with another team. Right. So he stepped in, so, you know, I could reverse that argument with me and say, Exactly how valuable was Tom Brady? Well, you could, but I, I, I think when you look at the records Tom Brady also set, aside from the Super Bowl, which are individual, um, obviously prolific passing numbers. What did he throw for? Fifty-two touchdowns or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he also set individual mar- records and and certainly has set the bar for quarterback play in the NFL. And I know Peyton Manning is just as good, if not better. And and you can make the argument for Drew Brees, but. He's still in that upper echelon of quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. So he's got a lot of, I think, uh, points to his favor. Interesting, interesting. Good food for fodder. Always the top ten list. AP's athlete, not only of the year, but this one of the decade. And, again, we're throwing out in our daily quandary, who might be a candidate for athlete of the next decade? What young star out there might just have a shot at getting that award ten years from now? But hopefully, Seth... You and me are doing the show with Grandpa Olson on the other side yeah, of the screen. Yeah, hopefully. God God willing. Wouldn't that be great, Coach? It would be outstanding. And on the other hand, there's a likelihood that we might not be on tomorrow. So it works both <laughs> yeah. ways. Yeah, I guess so. I don't even want to gander or guess which one's more likely, wild, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, 10 years from now, it could be some MMA guy or, or, or some sport we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, may, I, Maybe some young up-and-comer in curling, you know, a great sweeper. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a scary thought. What will the media... Sports talk, TV, computers, television, and all, what will it all be like 10 years from now? Will we even be sitting here talking into uh, two guys in a microphone? Yeah, maybe we'll be talking into some sort of box, or maybe maybe we'll be in 3D. That's a scary thought. Wow. That's a scary thought. Wow. Could you imagine yourself in 3D coming up you in know, someone's house? I'm still getting over the possibility of me being in uh, high def, which is not a good look for me. So 3D, I would well, say, uh, no, that would not be good. See, I'm still getting over the fact that people actually might be listening. <laughs> but it's you never of, know. One of the things we always tell our callers, right? Don't be nervous. Don't worry about what you say. Nobody's listening. Right. Yeah, just breathe. It's not exactly good for ratings, but it's our way of calming down the listener. Right. And after exactly. all, stuff, we are America's number them. one breakfast show. As long as you're not eating breakfast. In America. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Our phone number, you talk Tom Brady, you talk New England Patriots. We got some football coming up this weekend, not only pro, college football also. Tomorrow will be a football Friday. We'll play Beat the Schmoes. Seth, you won't be here, but you are more than welcome to call in as a guest schmo and make your football picks. Yeah, maybe I will do that. I, I, I listen to the show on a regular basis. You do a great job, Coach. So Thank you. Here in the uh, city of Chicago now, speaking of quarterbacks, and speaking of a little bit of controversy, the wheels are starting to fall off. There's a few cracks in the armor as Devin Hester, the wide receiver, is starting to call into question, as many have, the offensive system of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, well, uh, obviously you heard his comments. He said there are going to be a lot of changes, a lot of coaches. And then um, he so eloquently wrote a response, right? It, it was definitely him who wrote that response saying that, he thinks the media blew everything out of proportion using a, a, a plethora of colons and semicolons, which I know he is, uh, you know, well versed in the language arts. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, obviously, um, some heads are going to roll 
uh, in Chicago. Ron Turner is somebody who is nearing the end of his contract, and and obviously the offense has, has been subpar this yeah. year. So you know, and you know what I don't want to hear. Here's what I'm going to hear. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you this. David Olson, mark the tape right now. I want this saved. Okay, I guarantee you we're going to hear four months from now, next spring training camp, whatever it might be. Well, last year's offensive system, things just weren't good. They're not going to come out and criticize Ron Turner, but they're going to say things are much better this year. We finally got a system that's going to work. Last year, we just didn't have it together. We didn't, you know, communicate very well, you know, and blah, blah, blah. You know, and they're going to blame it all on last year. Well, last year right now is this year. Right. So I don't want to hear them in five months complaining about that we were not at the professional level this year. Right now it is this year. Right. I, and I, I want us. I'm rooting for my team, and I'm making this rant about 13 weeks too late. But I don't want to hear a year later about how things weren't going good and we didn't have the right system because right now we are in the present, and I want our team to have the right system now. I don't want to read about it in a year that we were that far behind the times. Change it and change it now. And, again, I should have said that about 13 weeks ago. Look, I don't like Lovey Smith as a coach at all, and I think eventually he should be fired. But this year, that uh, to, to pay him off $11 million would be – foolish they don't have a first round pick they don't have a second round pick they need to spend the money on talent and i know you hate that i know you don't like me to tell other people how to spend their money but let me play gm for just a second here and and this is a defense that needs retooling rebuilding it's an offense that is just horrendous in so many i mean matt forte has not been what what people expected him to be i don't know why he had such high expectations after rookie season in which he averaged 3.8 yards per carry but they need offensive linemen. They may, may need a second running back. I don't know how if, if Khalil Bell is going to emerge as that guy. We know they need receivers. They need defensive linemen. The only thing they we need don't secondary. need is a field goal kicker. Right. We're all set. <laughs> or a quarterback. I mean, I think... Uh-huh. Look, look, look. Jay hey, Cutler... Blue, 42, red, spin left, set. Jay Cutler uh-huh. does need to prove he can win, Okay. Maybe he is a guy who just piles up great stats on bad teams, but we will never know that until we get some talent around him. And a professional offensive coordinator. Right. And and I'm not saying Ron Turner and Lovey Smith aren't bad coaches, but the guy who is culpable, the guy who is most culpable right now is Jerry Angelo, giving Tommy Harris that ridiculous contract after he tore his hamstring off the bone. I mean, do you have any idea what kind of uh, of detriment that is to a defensive tackle mm-hmm. who makes his living off his explosiveness? See, it's easy He's not for a stand-down D-tackle. It's easy for you to second-guess. Jerry Angelo had to make a decision at the time Tommy Harris was coming off a dominant year. And you're the, come, that's not when they renegotiated his contract. I understand. It was after his injury. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 they, they, didn't re, they renegotiated his contract after 07. He sat out the remainder of 06. Remember, okay. he didn't play in the Super Bowl, and he barely played in 07, and they still renegotiated the contract. Yeah, but that's still... And they did the same thing with Brian Erlacher but when they knew he had the, a degenerative o- disc. But 05 was his dominant year. So you just said he sat out all of 06, right? The end of 06. Okay. He had dominant year in 06, but 07, he, he sat out most of that. And then they renegotiated well, his contract. They re-upped right. for $40 million. But his most recent football, he was coming off. A very dominant performance. But what the negative was the injuries. Right. So Jerry Angelo had to make a take a chance. He didn't know if he's going to come back from the injury or not. You're the same guy. If the dice would have been rolled and Tommy Harris would have come back and the injury was pretty good and he still had his explosiveness and the Bears didn't pay him the money and Tommy Harris was now a pretty good 
difference-making uh, nose tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. You'd be sitting here criticizing Jerry Angelo for being cheap and not paying him. He took a chance, and it was a bad roll of the dice. At the time, it was a game. But, Coach, the goal, he's, he's done that on numerous occasions. I'm not saying – maybe I would jump on him. But he did the same thing with Brian Urlacher, a guy who, who, who was on the – you know, over the not over the hill, but who who's on the downslope of his career? Okay, mm-hmm. and, and when you look at, at at the NFL and look at what the Patriots have had to do, they seem to get it right every time. They seem to know when to re-sign guys. They seem to know when to let guys go and get the compensatory draft picks. And we all know that to build a dominant franchise in the NFL, you try to get younger, not older. Angelo made this Bears team very much I, older. I, I tend to agree with you. I just find it weird because people are always criticizing the Chicago teams for not for being cheap. And not divvying up the money. So here the Bears do. They finally divvy up the money. And now we're criticizing him because it didn't work out, at least in the case of Mr. Urlacher and one Tommy Harris. And Mike Brown. Yeah, and Mike Brown. I'd like to keep him. Or he should have been kept around as a coach, if nothing else. Let me ask you a question. During the holiday season, as we head into our local grocery store, possibly a, a Walgreens, a Salvation Army guy is out there collecting money. If another guy was out there with the... Collecting donations to change Bears coaching staff. All money will be given to Bears ownership so that we can uh, get rid of Lovey Smith. Who would collect more money, the Salvation Army guy or the Fire Lovey Smith guy? Probably the Fire Lovey Smith guy. And that's sad. And I'll see. It is sad. It's a sad commentary. It is sad. No, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a commentary to society today. Mm-hmm. It's what we care about. You know, sports are obviously a rally, rallying point for a community. That's why we get to sit here behind a microphone and talk about it, and and some people listen to us and. Hopefully call in and participate. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I'm not saying I don't want Lovey Smith fired, but any extra money the Bears have, I would rather see spent on talent. How's this for a quote in the paper here in the press conference? Devin Hester, we already talked about his controversial comments. We talk a little Chicago sports here. If you're a Bear fan in the Chicago area, got a couple of calls we can sneak in real quick. 888 we talked about Hester's comment. Check this out. Given the chance to stump for Turner, Jay Cutler, the quarterback, passed. These are the words of David Howe, Chicago Tribune writer. Cutler expressed faith in Turner's scheme, and he praised the, quote-unquote, open line of communication, very politically correct, and he stressed that he liked Turner. Then the guy who openly has lobbied for more reps for his wide receiver, Devin Aramashadu, was asked if he would endorse Turner if the Bears officials sought out his opinion. So they asked Cutler. Would you endorse Ron Turner if the Bears officials came to you? Uh, here's Cutler's response. I'd tell them how I feel. Absolutely. But by no means am I going to march up there and tell them what should happen. That's up to them. I'm not going to start going down that road because that's not my job. So no support for Ron Turner at all. He simply says, oh, I'd tell them how I feel. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I, I think if anything that indicates yeah. he feels he should... Go yeah, bye-bye. I guarantee it's going to come out next year. We'll get a new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Jay Cutler's going to have a breakout spring training, have a good first couple of games, and we're going to read about how last year's offense was so archaic, and now we're suffering through a year this year when we didn't really have to if Lovey Smith would have listened to me early on. The voice of reason here on the talkzone.com and replaced his offensive coordinator. And again, I don't mean to be, I don't want to be one of these sports talk critical guys because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Ron Turner's a wonderful guy. His family story, if you read about the Turners and how they grew up in a fairly poor means and uh, achieved, it's, it's a very inspirational story. So I like Ron Turner, the guy, but he's not qualified. 
to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. We're playing with an unstacked deck of cards, if that's the right term to use. Good guys don't necessarily win football games. I think the biggest hurdle for the Bears coach is who's going to want to come in and sign a one-year deal and and be in here for a one-year situation. I think the most obvious candidate right now is is Mike Martz, which I think would help because he Mm -hmm. comes in – I mean, do you remember with the Rams? They said he came in with, like, 100 more plays than any other NFL team, and he comes in with such a diverse playbook. I think it gets the the minds of the uh, the, players going. We actually got an email in. Uh, I agree with Seth. Mike Martz should be the new offensive coordinator for the Bears, and the email comes from mmartz at (laughs) football.com. Yeah. I wonder who that is. (laughs) All right, we got to wrap up the show. Don't forget. We're going to change strides a little bit. We do a little personality shakedown. It's a different show, but every Thursday, that's today, coming up in about three minutes, Youth Sports Fan Forum. So stick around for that show. Thank you for listening. Football Friday tomorrow on Two Guys and a Mike. Have a great day out there, everybody. David Olson, producer, great job. Back in about three minutes.